Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. Kest? Kest? I'm going to start over. No, don't. Why? Because uh, people will listen to it and they'll think, hey, it's okay to make mistakes in life. Have I had a little burp? But it's not that... It's disgusting. Sometimes you've got to learn... People don't pay their no dollars for this sort of behaviour. Well, we're not starting. My name's Mary Lowry. That was David Reed really messing up the start. No, I'm going to do it again. No, don't, because at least it's different. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it'll be a real surprise to people alright I didn't sound like a burp until you said it was a burp you could have got away with it what yeah no it was it was definitely was listen back to it slow it down why would turn anyone, it into a ringtone why would anyone listen back to this <laughs> um this is a film podcast yeah where we talk about films we've seen and this week we've seen some uh, biggies haven't we some big uh, big cinema releases oh, oh. I've seen some big ones. <laughs> oh, no. Merrick's comedy character's here again. Um, what, what's comedy about it? <laughs> it's it's deeply, deeply inappropriate. Uh, uh, what, what is inappropriate about that voice? Just the costume. It's the costume. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, you went to see what you said was the biggest film of all time. Well, I don't know if it's beaten the records, but it's on its way to being. It's got £205 million in two days or something. It's Jurassic World. Um, the film based on uh, the concept of dinosaurs. I mean, the trailer pretty much tells the whole story, but what is a basic premise, please? The basic premise is that 20 years since the original Jurassic Park, um, it has they've tried again. Didn't I learn the lessons the first time? The fools! Um, and it is now an enormous success. It's still on the same island, but is now a thriving theme park with tens of thousands of visitors uh, there, much like Disney World. Sounds great. I think I'm going to take the kids. And that's the end. It's just what a great place it is. Ah! <laughs> no, but they, they're struggling to keep people interested in the park um, as the kids of today are now blasé even about the existence of dinosaurs. And so in order to try and keep uh, ticket sales growing, they are developing a hybrid dinosaur that didn't even exist in real life back so in the, the day. So the economy's a villain now in this one. It is. Uh, market forces is the uh, is the villain. Bloody market forces. Yeah, that and Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays a, a sort of military man. Um and so you have the characters of two young boys who are sent to the park uh, to meet their auntie who works there. Plays. When you say two young boys, well, I, 
Do you mean a, a, a homosexual couple? No, no, no. I mean children. Oh, right. I don't mean too young, as in T double O. I mean as in T W O. Oh, I thought the way you said it was like two young boys go to too young. It, it, it was if you were talking <laughs> no, about no, 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 brothers, two young brothers. Um, and uh, uh, oh, black guys. No, 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 white guys. There are no black guys in this film. So what? They're brothers, though, right? <laughs> That's right. They're brothers. And oh, old school brothers, not the new yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. as in you know, as in they are siblings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're with me. You're with yeah. me. Two children who are siblings and they're not black and yes. they're not, uh, well, they might be homosexual later on, but they, you don't know at this moment. It's not really relevant. Although They've not discovered their the, sexuality yet. The, uh, the elder one is always um, staring uh, moodily at girls uh, in a sexy way, uh, but doesn't ever do anything about it. He's so that age. Is it about the discovery of sexuality, this film? No, it's about the discovery of dinosaurs. Okay, um, sorry. There's more characters. I'm going to stop interrupting you now. Um, their, their auntie, uh, whose character name is, I think, uh, Bumrod Lady... Because uh, she's just got a rod up her bum. That's her character. Um, she's their what, auntie. What, for spinal injury? No, it's because she's just really, you know, sort of all about oh, her work. Oh, metaphorically? Yes, yes. You never see it, certainly, if there is a real rod up the bum. Um, but she she acts like she's got one there. Hope she dies. Uh, well, she's played by Bryce Dallas Howard, who is Ron Howard's daughter, I believe. She was in that weird um, um, film by, what's his name? Um, M. Night Shyamalan, Lady, yeah. uh, The Village. She was the blind lady. And she was another, and wasn't she? In lady in the Water. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, terrible. Anyway, she's in it. And then... Uh, Is she old now, then? No, she's um, she's she's a woman. But, so I'm really uh, interrupting you a lot. It's quite all right. <laughs> and then Chris Pratt. Everyone's favourite Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy and Parks and Recreation. Is, he plays um, a... He plays Indiana Jones. Uh, basically. He plays a raptor uh, wrangler. Uh, he's able to talk to raptors. Oh, I saw this in the trailer. He yeah. makes friends with them, doesn't he? And he yeah, just yeah, calms yeah. them down. They but he to... understands them, Mary. He knows they're oh. wild beasts. He respects them. He is perfect in every way. And he, he tries to then he gets killed immediately. He does nothing wrong in the entire film. He doesn't even get any dirt on him. He is so perfect and hunky. I thought Chris Pratt was quite a cool sort of... Um... Well, they've made him into a super Gennaro man in this one. Anyway, the story revolves around... Uh, oh no, they're messing with forces they couldn't possibly understand and uh, create this brand new dinosaur and it gets out in a park full of people, oh, Mary. No. It's was... not just get Jeff Goldblum that can get killed this time. It's... Who was supposed to put the public padlock on that gate? <laughs> oh no, is that what this padlock's for? I thought it was for my locker. No, that's a monster guy! Ah! Uh, and then they run around for two hours. Um, okay. Totally predictable, right? Yes, but I love the original Jurassic Park. It's almost perfect Spielberg in that he manages to take the genre of monster movie and make it somehow better than that. The cup of water. It's uh, what? It's always oh, the, it's boom, nice things to showing shaking a cup of water. Incredibly creative. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and just. It's it's actually a lot smarter than other monster movies. You know, it's it's from a book that is is actually very good. Um, Jurassic Park, and it's it's a great great character piece. It's a great monster movie, and it is genuinely frightening. Like the effects they managed in the original Jurassic Park are truly. The kids are annoying it though. All kids in films are annoying, but it's it's this is not a sequel to Jurassic Park in in, in spirit. 
This is a sequel to Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, that's a shark film, isn't it? It's about genetically engineered monster that gets out and then they all run around um, uh, hoping to survive. That's rubbish, isn't it? I can't remember it. It is what it is. It's a fun, stupid B-movie. This is a fun, stupid, incredibly expensive B-movie. It's not smart. It's not particularly inventive. It is in no way scary because everything is CGI. And it, how is um, that? Fine. You know, it's the effects are excellent, but you are left cold because you feel like you're watching a cartoon at all times. Like, there is only one sort of practical effect in the whole thing, and that is when uh, Chris Pratt discovers one of the... Uh, I think Brontosaurus is, uh, who has been savaged by this beast that's got out and it's dying and he sort of is sort of comforting to it as it dies and so and that's a puppet and so that's the only actually affecting bit because he, he he's interacting with it for real mm. <laughs> and the rest of it is just sort of like you may as well be watching a lights show you know it's a fun ride but it's just a ride like they, there's the the characters do the stupidest things constantly. Every decision is utterly nonsensical just to get to the next bit of the ride. Okay. Um, it's a fun ride. It's a really fun ride, but was it, it is only a ride. Was it when you were there? Yeah, it was busy. I had to go to a later showing because the, the one I'd planned to go to was full. And what was the crowd reaction? Uh, it, was, it had that brilliant thing at the end where you know when... Uh, Sometimes the spontaneous applause at the end of a movie. Uh, well, it was from one person, and everyone went. <laughs> so it's just like, what? Just oh, stopped. No. Yeah. Um, Stupid clappy idiot. Do you not like the applause at the end of it? You know. No, I don't. I, I quite like it. If, it if it genuinely warrants it, I think it's quite a sort of a nice appreciation for the work. You know, mm. it can do. I, d- I don't want to feel obliged to do it, but. Um, I don't know how I feel. Oh, well. In general. Really? Maybe you should do something about that. Jurassic World, budget £150 million. Pounds. $150 million, I think, and it made it. It made 205 in its opening weekend, yeah. so it's absolutely fine. Um, and they've uh, already announced sequels. Um, oh, let's talk about this, going back to Chris Pratt's character for a bit, because... I don't know if you're the same. My favourite... As Chris Pratt, yes. Yeah. I, my favourite action heroes uh, f- growing up were, you know, people like... Uh, Kurt Russell. McClay- yeah, Kurt Russell, uh, John McClane in Die Hard, Indiana Jones, and all of these guys. What made them so cool was the fact they would get the crap beaten out of them and still stand up again to triumph. And Chris Pratt's character on paper, is the coolest guy in the world. But in order to never undermine that, he never gets a scratch. And it mm. just is so dull. Do, do you know what I mean? That yeah, you, I these, guys, that. these guys have to have adversity, otherwise they're just running away from things. Yeah, I do agree with you. I'm not... I thought Chris Pratt was that sort of person because he, in Guardians of the Galaxy, looked. I'm quite surprised that he's turned to a squeaky clean... Like Will Smith has become the most vanilla actor in the world. Yeah, it? yeah. Well, Chris Pratt has far fewer jokes in this. Interestingly, it's written it's written by like a team of five people. This and it sort of shows because there are moments of good dialogue and then just some appalling just plotting going on. But one of the writers is the director, and this is his second ever film. And his first one is Safety Not Guaranteed. 
Oh, that's great. Yeah, the Aubrey Plaza film that we've talked about on the podcast before. That's brilliant. Yeah, his name's Colin Trevorrow. Um, and it, this is uh, a huge beast for him to direct compared to, pun intended, uh, compared to Safety Not Guaranteed. Well, how did he get and this job in? Because not the back of that, surely. I assume because they wanted it to have a sense of humour. I can only assume that. But... Um, and of course, uh, uh, Chris Pratt's uh, character in in uh, Parks and Rec dates Audrey Plaza's character. So someone's bummed someone. There you go. There's a connection there. Someone has bummed someone. Yeah, but I, it's it's a you know it is what it is. I would say this is the best Jurassic Park sequel. Oh, okay. I can't really remember the ones. Well, exactly. It seems to be exactly the same film, but slightly worse. Yeah. Well, this one, this suffers from that absolutely cardinal sin of writing where the villain makes no sense whatsoever. He's just sort of evil. So Vincent D'Onofrio plays this um, private sector military man. Um, I don't know Vincent D'Onofrio. He's, um, well, he recently wowed people as uh, Wilson Fisk. Uh, the kingpin in the TV show of Daredevil, but he is famous as being Private Pile in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, wow! Um, he's a great actor. He's he's worked consistently since then. He's cropped really, up in so many things. I'm just things. looking at his IMDb thing. He's just done loads and loads and loads. Absolutely loads. loads. He's brilliant. But that Full Metal Jacket was his third film back in 1987, so that's mm. almost 30... And, and he's excellent in it. He's absolutely excellent. But in this, his character wants to... Uh, experiment with the military applications of a pack of velociraptors. And spoilers, but it doesn't matter. Um, at one point in the plot, he, he goes, well, we're going to use the velociraptors to track and hunt this big evil uh, thing. So his That's pl- in the trailer anyway, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, his plan is to release more dinosaurs into the park, is his plan. The only person in this uh, story who has any sort of rapport with the raptors is Chris Pratt. And Vincent D'Onofrio genuinely says to him, uh, we're doing this whether you're on board or not. You're like, hang on, if he's not on board, all you're doing is releasing some monsters. That, that's not a plan. Yeah. That's the, this makes no sense. They've tried to crowbar in the raptor biker gang so hard and it only lasts for about 10 minutes. Um, Does he kill himself at the end like in um, For Motor Jacket? Um, no, he doesn't. Uh, that lapping sound in the background is neither of us, but Buddy the dog for any listeners who can just about pick it up. Buddy the and he's lapping dog. water, not at, at any anything involving us. No. Um, so yeah, it, it, there's plenty of. Hang on a second, what? Uh, but it's a ride. So if you enjoy Deep Blue Sea, go and see this. That's what I'd say. It's an identical uh, genre film to Deep Blue Sea, only made better. How many Davids? For what it is, it's between two stools. I think, oh, I'd be generous if I give it a six. Okay, I mean, that is not really. It's not really what the makers of Jurassic Park wanted to hear. No, no, but they've made hundreds of millions of dollars. They've already so made a fifty-five fine. million pound profit, so I don't think they'll be worried about their six from Film Fandango. No. It's time for letters now. Letters. Who has written in, Merrick, and what do they want? Some people have written in. Good. Do you want to read it? Yeah. Who is it? 
It's from Jamie Elvin. And uh, what's his voice like? Is it Elvin? He hasn't... Oh, if you're looking for an accent, try Kit from Knight Rider. Or failing that, sliced alone. Good luck, David. Uh, Kit from Knight Rider. It's been so long. He sounds like uh, Val Kilmer in the rebooted TV series that didn't do well. But, um... Hello, Michael. Yeah, that's it. it. Yes, like that's that, it. isn't it? A bit like 2001, but less threatening. You know, open bay doors, Hal. Hello, Dave. That's, that's, that's Hal, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, it's more... Hello, Michael. Hi, buddy. David and Merrick, plus potential special guest. In a recent podcast, you were discussing so bad they're good films. I've just finished watching the short film Kung Fury and would hardly recommend it. Imagine a cross between a dumb 80s action film complete with dodgy VHS aesthetic and a 2D beat-em-up game like Streets of Rage. The film doesn't outstay its welcome, running around 30 minutes total, and includes such highlights as Laser Raptors, Time Traveling Ninja Hitler, Kung Fuhrer, lip syncing on par with the best slash worst Kung Fu movies, not to mention David Hasselhoff appearing as a talking car, and singing the annoyingly catchy theme tune. Oh, did I mention it's completely and legitimately free on YouTube? The development process might also be of interest to you, as it was funded via Kickstarter. Keep watching the films, Michael. Jamie. Uh, thank you, Kung Fury. Now, I've, I've kept an eye on this for a while, because they released a teaser that was just absolutely mental, and included, you know, evoking ancient Norse gods and riding around on raptors and... Um, Kung Fu kicking cars to bits and all of this stuff. Just utterly sort of nerd porn. And they've now made the whole thing. Um, I started watching it and it's it's a bit much, to be honest, in terms of... I get it. but A lot of kicking and jumping around. I haven't watched it. It's fun. It's just... It's a it's a joke. It's a, it's a half an hour joke, really. But I, I'll get around to watching the whole thing. It's very well done. I haven't watched it, I'm afraid, Jamie, because I am an arsehole. Okay, well, um, we can post it up on our Facebook page, can't we? Well, yeah. Thank you, Jamie. Um, okay, another letter. Ewan McInnes, he's emailed in before. Ewan, uh, we've already had David's interaction. Why not stick a pin in the map and go with that? Okay, a uh, pin in a map. Right, I'll what? bring up a map. Okay. Okay. You're going to put it on your phone, so if I put a pin in your phone. Yeah. Well, I'll just put a finger in it. How about that? I've got a uh, a weather map of the world, okay. so uh, I'll use that. Okay, say say when. When. And that's the C. Say when again. When. Okay, you are in. Oh, where are you? The world's. This is exciting. Whereabouts in the? Oh, this oh, is no. on the edge of their seats. <laughs> Mongolia. Mongolia. Yeah. How do they speak then? It's just sort of angry, isn't it? Yeah, a bit, a bit, yeah, a bit angry. Yeah, like they're like they're attacking an enormous wall. Oh dear, David, American buddy, but it's quite for It's quite, yeah. They're sort of, you know, uh, East Asian as well. It's aren't a they? bit Chinesey. Yeah, slightly. Know. Yeah. Dear David, American buddy, and any guest that may appear, I was recently told about the idea of apologetics when applied to films. This is when you try and come up with a reason to explain an inconsistency in the universe of a film. The example I heard was for the sound of guns and engine noises during the dogfight sequence in Star Wars. How can we hear the fighters go past 
if they're not sound in space. Using apologetics, film fans have tried to come up with a reason that would explain this. The one I heard was that the pilot and the gunners were flying around and shooting. They need a system to tell them of the incoming fire and other vessels in three-dimensional space. Perhaps the ships had a sensor system, <laughs> which, instead of displaying this visually, made noises so that the crew would be aware of where things were. That is stretching, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. The other examples given were how Princess Amadalia in the Phantom oh, is Amadala. Yeah, in the Phantom Menace, only pushes one button on her ship. Yeah, it performs three massively different functions. Uh, there's a few other examples there, such as uh, if anyone is interested. Check out the 99% Invisible podcast. It's quite an old episode, though. Don't go promoting other people's podcasts. <laughs> I was wondering if you could think of any strange hours in films you'd seen and could think of an interesting way to explain that whilst remaining consistent with how the film... Oh, whilst remaining consistent with how the film's universe worked. Sorry for the length of the email... You got a bit cross about the length in the middle. I there, cut a bit out. Keep watching the films. Okay, it's our first Mongolian email. Right? Can you think of any other? Oh, sorry, uh, inconsistencies in film. I've heard one again with Star Wars. Actually, that somebody's theory on why the stormtroopers, even though they're supposed to be the Empire's elite soldiers, can't hit anything with their yeah. guns, and it's that they were ordered not to. Um, so that eventually the events of uh, the first Star Wars film, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi would be lured back to the Death Star so Darth Vader can kill him. So he wanted them all to be alive. What is incredible is that a lot of these things, I know only come from Star Wars related things. Well, Star Wars is one that people are obsessed with. Well, that's what, that's what worries me is that what I get out of this is that a lot apologetics is people with low level autism who were thinking about films far too much. We use that term a lot on this podcast. Autism. And, yeah, and I don't... It's a real Germanisation. It is, and I don't know how offensive it is, but I don't really care that much because, you know... but it Because we're, you know, naive. But I wonder how much it's just a sort of male trait, <laughs> you know? Or being obsessed with things. With, you know, pointless details. <laughs> that's um, what it is. I mean, autism is the wrong word for it. It's just, I think autism has become a word for basically labelling any slight weirdness. <laughs> yeah, it's true. A little knowledge and all that. Um, apolog- apologetics, I do like this term. Um, Marek's hypnotised by the fact Buddy, Buddy brought got a, a plastic out. egg out of the... And it was quite incredible how he, and he did the whole thing. Yeah, that's going to be a bit noisy, mate. Sorry, you can't have that. He's got a noisy toy out and now David's putting the noisy toy back in the box... He's taking the rattle out of it. Oh, there's a treat in it. And the buddy's going to be forced to play with another toy. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. No, I've, I've seen this time and again, though. Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? When it's clearly just, to anyone, it's a production error. Like the, Nat- the Natalie Portman, excuse me, Princess Amidala thing. 
it's clearly a facet of the fact the actress has not been told anything about the reality she's in. She's probably just in a green screen studio having to... She doesn't know, you know... They what... can't afford to get her back in for an, just to press two more buttons. But this but this happens, you know, when, when the actors aren't given an environment where they can truly inhabit the character and the space. If they're just given, like, a flat panel and they go, oh, we'll add it in later, what do you expect them to do? Yeah, yeah. what am I doing? I don't know what where I am. I don't know what this is. You know, I bet... I bet for Harrison Ford and the bloke who played Chewbacca in the original Millennium Falcon step, they probably felt like kings sitting in those chairs. You know? oh, I think Harrison Ford was just doing it for the money, that is it. What, the new one? Uh, anyone. Um, well, thanks very much for... <laughs> That's a real, real sweeping <laughs> statement about the entire man's career. Well, he's, money was the pr- only motivator for yeah, why not? his entire career. Yeah, why not? Why do you think that about him? Because I want... To try and spark some controversy into this podcast. Controversy? Yeah. I think your Mongolian accent has done that enough. I think I've been I've, I've been homophobic, I've been racist, and now I'm being... Um, uh, <laughs> trying to get the full uh, set. Uh, Fordophobic. Okay. It's a terrible affliction. Right. Um, well, if you want to write in... Mm. You can do so. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com is our email address or go to Facebook if you'd like to share any links with uh, other listeners facebook.com forward slash film fandango or you can uh, tweet us at film fandango if you'd like to know why the podcast isn't in your RSS feed even though it is and uh, why is that for the people well there's no point saying because everyone listening now would have changed well, it, well found it yeah 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 no it's fine it's just the system slightly changed but um, it's uh, you know just adapt that would be my suggestion. And if you want to donate to the podcast to help with running costs, it really gratefully received a thousand pounds, please. Yeah, or, or less. I'd be happy with less. Marek would not be happy with anything. If anything less. just one hundred of you gave us a thousand, thousand gave us ten thousand pounds. Yeah, we could. I could make Ford one hundred and fiftieth of Jurassic World. Yeah, or I could afford to buy a flat in London. A really rubbish one. Oh. Okay, well, it's not well if you'd like to donate, uh, please do for all of that flippant rubbish. Uh, filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there. And thank you, everyone who has. Um, any more letters, or is um... oh, we'll save them for okay? Well, Marek's been to see a film as well in the cinema this week. Another brand new release. You went to see what? Spy. Spy, the comedy film Spy, starring Melissa McCarthy, Jason Statham, Jude Law and others. I've got a great story though. Have you? A non-spy related story. Okay, go ahead. I was in the queue for Spy. Yes, where were you? At Islington View. I know it well. And I I bought some popcorn. Yes. And some uh, Coca-Cola. I turned round... Quite an empty cinema. Guess who was behind me? Uh, I've told you already. You have, yeah. Chiwetel Ejiofor. Is that how you say his name? Yes, it is. He was there. I looked at him. He looked at me. We didn't fall in love. Oh. He came in to the very same screening of Spy. Okay. He was sitting in the luxury seat. I bet he was. Yeah, because I bet he's his podcast gets lots of donations. <laughs> That's right. He was sitting just in front of me in luxury seat. Oh, but guess what? What? Old Chiwetel had his phone out, didn't he? 
not during the film, surely just during the. Well, uh, during the. Sure, he was just play, joining in with that new on, game they get He's probably you to looking play. up himself. What on was the, that thing? What's that thing they make you play now? Oh, sinning me that horrible yeah, it's film. Terrible. He was sending me the questions. He knew most of them because he'd been in them. Yeah. And the light stayed on, and I was getting a bit annoyed. Yeah. It remained on during the trailers. No. Yeah, all the way through. He's on his phone still. Yeah. And then the test card comes up. The moment. David Cook. Yeah, the test of whether he... Cares about cinema. Cares about his own bloody industry. Yeah. Still up. No. Seven or eight seconds into the credits. It he goes put it to, away. Not good enough, Jotel. No, I mean, that is rude. That's rude. Because it doesn't matter that... It's not just the first seven seconds of the film that have been spoiled for you. It's the anticipation of the film that's been spoiled for you. It could, by having a massive light on, yeah, it's shining been, around. But he has uh, he has stolen your anticipation for the movie and turned it into anticipation of an awkward situation with Juwatel Edgar for and me saying, "Look, I realise you've done all, you've done all right, <laughs> all right." But I mean, you can afford, I can't afford to go and watch this again. Yeah, a girl I know did a uh, sex scene with Juwatel Edgar for, and he apparently dripped on her. Because he's a very sweaty man. He's probably texting him to apologise. Anyway, so it's not about him. Um, this is about... It's part of Melissa McCarthy. The story is, Melissa McCarthy... Um, Jude Law is a spy, like a James Bond he's spy. He's a James Bond spy, yeah. And they have helpers now where they have like a little contact lens on their eye and an earpiece in and, and just sort of uh, desk people telling them where all the baddies are coming for sure. red. Like um, Simon Pegg does in the Mission Impossible films... Yeah. Or a character called Oracle does for Batman in uh, in the comics. Yeah, so the there's a you know there's a baddie coming down now. Do this. Yeah, go do to this, the left now, do please. This. But guess what? What she it has got... to be a field agent. Yeah, something goes wrong. Yeah, and... but she's a fatty. Surely she'd just fall down a lot. I mean, people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, basically, there's a weird sort of thing. But if you're overweight, then it means you're a slightly oddly running thing. What you're. Uh, Instinct. Of course, everyone knows it. If you were overweight, you were less a person, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which is quite awkward. Um, so this is a comedy. This is a comedy which is far too long. <laughs> oh, did you not like it's it? It's got good reviews. It's got very good reviews. I'm a massive fan of Miss McCarthy. Yeah, I think she's brilliant. I think she's one of the best comedy actresses. Uh, or I think she's one of the best act actor actresses. Full stop. Yes, buddy. Buddy's shaking his head, but I'm right on this. And it, the writing is just not funny enough. Right. There aren't enough funny jokes in it. Uh, it's just really lazy. And it's just a, a spy film without any twist. It's not as funny as... It's not as inventive as, inventive as like, something like Top Secret, which is yeah. really interesting. It's not spoofy enough. Well, you have to do better than Austin Powers, basically, to do a comedy spy film these it's days. Not, it's not that tongue-in-cheek. It's right. in between. Something really odd. Miranda Hart's in it, playing another field. She's lost a lot of weight as well, hasn't she? Yes. It's just... It felt to me as though an episode... Obviously, she got famous for doing her Miranda thing. Yeah. And Hollywood would go, yeah, just do the same thing. At times, it just feels as though it's an episode of Miranda. Really? Because you're so used to that Miranda perform- yeah, yeah. performance. You think, oh, well, now we're just going to cut from the film and just... Uh, edit in a bit of Miranda. I don't think Jason Statham should be in Miranda. Yeah, Jason Statham plays another rogue agent. How, how's he doing in a Jason comedy? Jason Statham, he, it looks as though he's. I said to someone uh, earlier on today, he looks as though he's reading lines from an autocue. Yeah, but he can't read properly. Oh, 
It's just not. What's he to do, Marek? He's a really good martial arts guy who's now in his late forties. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? And he wrote, can't cut it with these new Indonesian chaps punishing their bodies in this way. Yeah. And there's a bloke Roseburn who plays a sort of. Uh, uh, she's involved as some sort of pretty evil villain. Okay. I mean, there's not really much to say, but I was really disappointed. I thought it was really. I thought Mrs. McCarthy would have chosen better, really. She's chosen this quite bad films. A lot. I mean, the best American comedians do some incredibly duff films, don't they? I mean, it, it, the whole history of American cinema is like this. But this has I mean, got good reviews. Adam Sandler no real... is a very funny man, does incredibly duff films. Um, Steve Martin has done some absolute turkeys. It just seems to be the... The comedy film seems to be a very difficult thing to do. TV seems to be the best place for comedy, seemingly. Yeah, all the jokes are too... Te- it's just... I don't no know one why la- it is, No but... one laughed. Uh, hardly anyone laughed out loud in the cinema. And it's just too try-hard and boring. And Miss McCarthy's good. Without her, it would have been a total turkey. And she saves from being that. But it's trying to have a sort of plot... It's not- I just, I can't believe people gave it good reviews. Right. It's well, I'd be years. interested to see it, to see if they're wrong or you are. I'd give it five Marricks. Okay. A fundamentally average film. Okay, okay. Well, Have you seen Kingsman? No, everyone's back saying that's quite good, aren't I, they? It, I thought it was fun. It's a daft movie, but it's very well made. It's made by uh, Matthew Vaughan, the same guy as Kick-Ass, and they're making new ones of that. But that, that was felt like a sort of... Uh, fresh er take on the Bond piss take, which is a genre now. Like Bond yeah. parody is a genre. There are so many of them. Um, when will it end? When will it end? I don't know. Don't know. Oh, right, yeah, when Bond ends? That's quite a long. Oh, we've done a long time. We? Oh, you got bored now, have you? I got bored oh. of myself. Okay, fair enough. Well, okay. I realised I didn't have that much to say about Spy, other than it's just you don't like it. Yeah. You don't like it. What That's do you think really its failings are? It's just lazy scripting, do you think? It's too long. There's no real great set pieces. How long is it? It, it felt Over like two hours? T- it felt like about two hours. I don't know what the actual time is. Okay. It felt far too long, anyway. I um, don't see why a comedy needs to be over 87 minutes, frankly. I don't really... Miranda's felt really odd in it. Okay. The whole part was just a sort of weird, sort of mumsy Miranda. And I didn't like the fact that there were all the jokes were just oh Melissa McCarthy and oh, she looks really fat or she's really I just think it's so tedious mm. and it reinforces that Hollywood idea that you have to be a certain size and shape is it is there something um, interesting in the fact that they've cast funny women and pretty men which is sort of reversing the traditional casting of uh, comedy films where funny women tend to not get a look in as you just get somebody hot to play. I think it's really good you've got all these strong female cast. Bridesmaid was really funny, the lines were clever. This, the writing is just lazy. There's not that... The lines aren't funny. Right. It's not snappy, it's not sassy, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just lazy. There's some weird sort of CGI where bats break into the uh, field agent's place just so they've what? got a bat problem. It just looks really rubbish. Why? I don't even understand that. Why would you that. write that? It was just rubbish. <laughs> anyway, but I'm sure other people like it. Okay, okay. Well, that's Jurassic World and Spy, two thoroughly average, overhyped films for you. We'll be back next week. Keep watching the films.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.